This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Derek and Jamie here. Hello. How you doing? We got a four pack of stories. Uh, and I want to jump right in because we've got a lot to discuss. These are all sort of like fun, interesting topics. Nothing too heavy. Maybe with a little Kanye, it gets a little sad. Oh. But we'll start with a a very interesting one because it doesn't happen often. This is James Corden in a beef with a famous, famous restaurant in New York City, fancy place called Balthazar. Yesterday, uh, there there was a story that the owner of Balthazar posted where he said, I rarely 86 someone. 86 is restaurant lingo for barring someone from your establishment. Uh, I rarely 86 anyone, but I wanted to tell you why I'm 86ing James Corden, the, the late night host. And he has these... Two stories about James Corden's treatment of staff at his restaurant. He says, look, this guy's a hugely gifted comedian, but he's a tiny cretin of a man and the most abusive customer to my Balthazar servers since the restaurant opened 25 years ago. It is an institution. Everyone loves Balthazar. Very hot uh, celebrity spot as well. If you're sort of a New York um, icon or, or a late night host, you go there quite a bit. So so the first story re- uh, revolved around a hair in, in one of their dishes. And James Corden, this happens from time to time in a restaurant, even fancy restaurants. Sure. There's a stray hair every now and then you should send it back it's kind of disgusting to see one but they refire it and you get your food and it's usually no problem well apparently uh james was very nasty to the manager about it said get us a round of drinks and take care of all the drinks that we've had up to this point sort of berating them and saying this is so crazy and i'll write a nasty yelp review i'm big bad james corden and i can destroy your restaurant with the flick of a finger uh pretty awful. The second incident is even wilder to me. He says that they were, he was there with his wife and she ordered an egg white omelet like type egg dish. egg yolk omelet. I'm sorry, an egg yolk. That is the uh, that's problem. Right. That's right. Which is a strange dish. We think of egg white omelets here on, in LA, but this is a decadent version where they just take the yolks and it was supposed to be scrambled simply egg yolks. They say they found a little bit of white in their egg yolk omelet. And how dare they? He wanted to send it back. He said, I should just cook it myself. Uh, This is an outrage. Berates the staff over this. And the restaurant owner said, you know, enough enough is enough. It's hard to work in the restaurant industry. I'm going to 86 and ban this person from my restaurant. Now, subsequently, James Corden has profusely apologized. Apparently, it's water under the bridge. He's allowed back at Balthazar. But this was wild. This was wild. So I, I have many feels about this. So yeah, Keith, tell me. Keith McNally. Um, Here comes Jamie's spirited defense of nope, James Corden's nope, behavior. Because nope, I will say, we are in the entertainment industry. Yep. I have heard rumblings about Mr. Corden's personality traits for some years now. So if yep. this is true, the rumors if, have been out if there. If he was a jerk, good, light his ass up. Love it. Um I worked in a restaurant for many years. You know, there's no excuse. I it, that there's a special place in hell for people who are bad to wait staff. Yeah, we come from the place of treat it is a very difficult job if, carrying trays yes. around, dealing with customers all day. So I always sort of treat them exceptionally well. Yes. You go above and if beyond because it's a tough life. dripping in sugar when you are speaking to a server if you're with me, like I am mortified and I immediately my opinion changes on you. There you go. So, okay, but this whole tweet from Kevin Kevin McNally is very it's odd. 
first of all, it's almost like he secretly loves James Corden because there's a few little weird compliments <laughs> sprinkled in. Yeah, he was hugely a talented. Hugely gifted comedian, hugely. I did not find that funny, he wrote at one point. <laughs> and then he capitulated so quickly that James picked up the phone. Then he wrote like, oh, it's all good. But my favorite part is he didn't take down the post. Yes. So the post lives. The post, it, the lives. post will live up there. And I think that was maybe part of, you know, James, he says, called, profusely apologized. And he's like, I'm not going to hold this grudge. I'm going to allow him back in the restaurant. You're saying it seems like he sort of maybe wanted to get a call from James yeah, to sort of talk like, to James Corden. You know, maybe. I, and then he made some joke about, I told him that it, it, it can't be better until I can host the show for a long time. Oh, I did what? see that little joke. I think which we got a little super fan going on. There may be a super fan. Although Balthazar, I will say, is populated by so many celebrities that it's hard to believe in my mind that he'd be so starstruck by just James Corden. I think a lot of I mean, we all have our random person. It could you be know? his guy. <laughs> like... He could just want to do carpool karaoke someday. And the weirdest also part, like what, what James Corden did is inexcusable if this is really what happened. But this is a rough and tough New York restaurant owner. This guy has seen rats with handguns. <laughs> yes, and true. this man it's is true. telling me that James Corden is the most abusive customer in 25 years. And the two incidents, while bad, don't seem uh, so far beyond the pale that no. in 25 years he's never seen anything I, worse. I, I worked in a restaurant for six years and that I can absolutely think yeah, that's of. That's like a Saturday uh, night. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing I will say that shocked me the most is the New York restaurant business and restaurants businesses in general, they rarely do this kind of calling out the customer. You'll often see on Yelp, you know, uh, customers being upset with restaurant experiences, but then you'll see a, a comment from the restaurant saying, so sorry you had such a bad time. Mm -hmm. They're they're desperate. You're fighting for cus customers typically. So you really don't want to get into a prolonged battle because it'll dissuade other customers from going there. Balthazar's in its own special category. It's such a famous restaurant that he can take a shot at James Gordon and no one else will sort of say, I'm not going to go to Balthazar anymore. It's oh, sort of no, no, a no. big enough place yeah. that he'll survive. And it actually sort of probably will make the restaurant a little bit more popular for a little I, while. I was looking at the menu this morning. But nevertheless, I think this sort of public spat, I'm glad it's sort of over. But I could have seen it going sort of worse. James Corden sort of defending himself and getting into the, the details of this. Instead, he just sort of fell on the sword and said, I apologize. Let me come back to Balthazar. And, uh, and the guy was like, well, here's a chair. Oh, if, if, <laughs> if he would have fought him, you would have seen the tearful wait staff coming forward as, <laughs> as material witnesses. This could have gone a lot better, but James Corden nipped it in the bud, and hopefully this is the end of it. But you're right. There's been uh, rumblings about his sort of personality, so yeah. I don't think it's the first story. I've noticed this. There's often, like, a spark, and then a lot of stuff comes mm -hmm. out. So this could be the spark that you now hear other stories of people's encounters with James Corden. We're seeing this a little bit with Bill Murray. I don't want to sort of detour too much, yeah. but there were little sparks if he had a bad time on set and the, the movie went off track. Now everything sure. is starting to come out about, uh, is Bill Murray a nasty guy? Is he sort of a mean-spirited jerk? All these stories. You hear the one about holding the guy in the trash can? Yes, Seth yeah, Green. Seth Green. Mm -hmm. I mean, so we may hear more about Bill Murray. I worry that this isn't the last you're going to hear of James Corden stories, but for now, this one is and resolved. my DMs are open, people. I want to hear your James Corden stories. All right, let's move to our uh, second story, which... Take it away. This oh, is a this Olivia is a Wilde lot of detail. And Jason Sudeikis. It yeah. just gets messier. I was lying awake at night just dreaming and thinking about this story. So one of their nannies, this is mm. gross. One of their an nannies. Ex -nanny. An, an ex-nanny, yeah. sure. Well, um, uh, you know, they, they start to they start to talk is all I want. It's sort of it's not their current nanny no, who's it's not blabbing. Their current yeah. nanny. No. So a former nanny is coming forward and she is saying that she knew from the beginning that the relationship between Jason and Olivia was extremely toxic. Um, they were, it's also kind of, um, 
telling the truth of really what went down. And it seems there was some overlap. At least overlap. from the nanny's perspective. From the nanny's yeah. perce- perspective, it seems there was some overlap between dating Jason and Harry Styles, which Olivia completely says was not the case. But this nanny is saying that their fights were explosive, that at one point she was going to dinner with Harry and Jason was so distraught that he lied down in front of her car wow. so that she could not leave. But what That's out of a him... movie, just getting under the tires and being like, are you going to leave our family? And her just being like, get out from under yes, the tires. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I have a date. And what really set him off the most was at one point she was meeting Harry for dinner. Um, she made a salad with her special salad dressing. Mm. What do you think is an Olivia Wilde salad dressing? I was up all night. <laughs> I just, is it cream-based? Are we thinking, it's got to be a balsamic something. I think it's going to be a sharp vinegary type deal, don't you? She's yeah. not going to make a creamy but, sort of No, uh, but is she wild? Are we, oh, well, that is her last name. <laughs> Are we throwing some Dijon mustard in there? Oh, is maybe. It, a little, it gives it a little body. I, I just, like mustard. I it clings to, to the greens. If, if I were her, I would just post the recipe. <laughs> And then delete, that should be her response. So here you go. This is the last I'll say on it. One cup vinegar. One. Cu- <laughs> if it won over <laughs> Harry Styles, it would be incredible. It would it's be amazing. Yeah. So it. <sighs> so so let me ask you a question. So first of all, I want to take a step back. This is the ex nanny. The only reason I want to emphasize that is sometimes people who are ex employees have an axe to grind. So take it with a grain of salt. However, they also have. This is a person who has direct sort of uh, observations about the relationship. Oh, and, yeah. you know, I, I I have an au pair, had one for many years. They do see the dynamic of your relationship. Sure. There's no avoiding it. Even if they leave at the end of the day, they can sense hostility. They can sense your mood. They can see sort of certain spats that happen with your spouse. He, he slammed that utensil drawer a little it, too hard. Exactly. And yes. they're very attuned to this. And I'm sure there's they kibitz with their friends about uh, about all this stuff. Um, but so, so, you know, there may be truth in it. There may be some embellishments. We don't know. But... But I will say that Jason Sudeikis has been kind of quiet about the whole affair. And mm-hmm. and and it starts to make sense when you read something like this, that this maybe was a very embarrassing episode for him. There was a story, part of the story in, in, in the New York Post was that he discovered this on an Apple Watch that was sort of left around, saw some messages between Harry and Olivia, and it's hurtful. It's, I mean, look, they have children together. It's nightmare. She's a nightmare. directing a movie with, the with a rock star. star 20 years younger from a different country, yes. and he just comes and sweeps her off of her feet. It's really... And, and, it's, no, and he's, and he's British. He's got an accent. He's super hot. He's a he's a you know a musician. So Jason, who is a comedian, and you're a comedian, you know, you have a comedic background. These are people who are anxious sometimes, oh, and yeah. they and they are like self doubt and low self loathing is a large part of being sort of a funny person at times. And Jason Zakis has some he's of that. He's such a catch too that he it's is? just like I he'll feel, be fine. I know he'll, he'll land be on fine. his feet. But it is interesting that they are uniting against this nanny, and they actually gave us a statement, and they said, as parents, it is incredibly upsetting to learn that a former nanny of our two young children would choose to make such false and scurrilous accusations about us publicly. Yeah, I do think they both hate this. I, it, sometimes I see these stories and I think, oh, did Jason plant this to make Olivia look bad? I don't think that's the case here. I think uh, this is a nanny Did he plant sort of a bl- story of him lying devastated in front of a <laughs> Range Rover? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. It doesn't. Ma- it's not a flattering not portrait a of Ted, either of them. It's not a Ted Lasso look. No, it's not a real Ted Lasso look. This has gotten nasty. Remember when he tried to serve her on stage yes. and so forth? He said he didn't intentionally do it. The ser- process server did it. But there are nasty elements of this. I don't think this is the end. It looked like the Don't Worry Darling drama was dying down a bit because the movie kind of flopped and everyone was sort of getting sick of the storylines. I think we have another like sort of oh, I this, just... this will have more legs because there's going to be elements of this where other people said, oh, I saw them at a restaurant. I saw them yeah. here. This is and where I, the dominoes I start feel falling. bad because I mean, if Olivia Wilde cheated on her fiance that she shared two children with, she's a monster. But I do feel bad that. <laughs> but I felt a butt coming. <laughs> no, to her, yes. Everybody. 
everybody wakes up on January 1st of 2022 is like, this is my year. Yeah. I'm going to do it this year. This is the year I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Harry Styles is on set. He's looking at me. I know he is. This movie is great. I'm getting along great with Florence Pugh. Yeah. She does have a nice consolation gift. The movie didn't do well, but she's with Harry Styles, which is like a real bad father. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Adidas, Macy's, or Levi's. And you can even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares that money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal, or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. All right, let's move to our only sort of like sadder story of the day, but it's also quite volatile, and, you know, it's Kanye West, so... We're getting reports, and we put up a story on the website that even though this guy's a billionaire and he's and he's really insistent on telling people, please call me billionaire, call me a tycoon. Do you ever see him in these interviews? He's like, all they do is refer to me as a rapper. I'm a billionaire. Okay. Mm-hmm. Billionaire Kanye West is apparently blowing through a ton of his money, uh, living in hotels, living in Airbnbs for a few nights at a time, trying to buy parlor, which, you know, you know, Elon Musk is probably an idol of his, I, w- I would say. I, d- I don't know, you know, for a fact, but buying a social media company seems like such a baller move yeah. and, and you know Elon Musk bought Twitter is buying Twitter he wants to buy parlor he sort of wants to play with the big boys he's a billionaire but not in the sense of uh, 200 billion mm-hmm. like Elon Musk where it's impossible to imagine Elon Musk ever going broke because there's just too much money sloshing mm-hmm. around guys who have like a billion dollars two billion dollars it is a massive amount of money it's hard to go broke but if you live like this you can fall into some financial disarray especially with a lot of the views he's expressing the anti-semitic views and so forth oh he's about to get sued it's gonna hurt his business right. he'll be sued uh, his companies will take a hit in terms of business because people are going to be turned off by it there's going to be boycotts against buying his shoes and all of his clothing and so forth so his his money could collapse and he's spending a lot of it and there are in our report we say that he's living like a transient which sort of struck me as you know when people are sort of mentally ill they do have it impairs your judgment yeah you know and and you start to spend money recklessly and you start to live in an odd way sometimes you don't care for yourself you don't bathe i don't know if that's an element with kanye but this is the rich way of doing it this is how a billionaire sort of blows through money and we could see a really sort of sad ending with this whole kanye west saga well i certainly don't see any happy ending at this point yeah that's what that's what i wanted to ask you is like do you see him writing the ship now that he's like not only sort of made ranty tweets about uh defcon Five on Jews, but he's actually sort of leaned in and, and explained himself mm-hmm. on several occasions. He went on Chris Cuomo last night. He was in the street trying to explain what he meant by the underground Jewish mafia that's destroying his career. How do you walk this back and become the Kanye of old? Will people now just sort of treat him as a pariah, sort of a marginalized voice, or can he ever circle back to being Kanye West? I don't know. I, I think that the next step, which is interesting because we're sitting here talking about him, is it's time for everyone to go the Amanda Bynes route. And we I just agree. can't talk about him anymore. I we agree. can't give it to him. He lives for it. It fuels it. It, it, it. He's been banned already from Instagram. He's been banned from Twitter. But he's going to buy Parler, so he'll have Par- his own platform sure. to spew his nonsense. For a little bit until whatever you know gets shut down there. But 
uh, it's not good. I think you're right. I think the approach to this, and it's hard to do for media companies because Kanye West does big traffic, sure. and, and media companies are businesses. Well, it's, everyone likes to watch a car wreck. Everyone wants to rubberneck and see what's going on. I do think choking the oxygen from this is probably the healthiest, although with a person like Kanye West who is so prone to these outbursts, you could imagine it inflaming him in the short term. Yeah. While he's grasping for relevance and grasping for you know sort of headlines and, and staying in the public conversation, as you choke the oxygen off of the story... Uh, he could really lash out. So I just see like but several bad paths. But it's already happening. He did yeah. the whole LeBron James show and they did yeah. not air it. What had to have been said yeah. that hasn't already been said that they said, wow, this is too much? Yeah, I, I don't know. And Chris Cuomo yesterday on, on his show sort of pushed back on Kanye's rhetoric. The anti-Semitic comments said when you give power to these, when you give a platform to these kind of sentiments, it's really, really dangerous. And he was sort of pushing back on him in the right ways. But some people said even having this guy on for an interview is irresponsible. You just shouldn't do it at this mm-hmm. point. And it's a real balance. I, I I don't know how I feel about that. You know, we had Kanye West in our well, office very Harvey. famously, and he was on a rant. But I asked Harvey, I said, if you if he calls you today, is he are you letting him in? And he said no. Yeah, and I think that's responsible. At some point, it has to give way. Um, so I don't know where this will end. You know, Kim is icing him out. We've done a lot of stories about, like, they're at these soccer games with Northwest, and they don't even talk to each other. They're, they're physically separated. They don't even sort of exchange glances. So he is being sort of isolated. I think he's aligning himself with a few people who will talk to him, which mm-hmm. is maybe even more dangerous. The Candace Owens of the well, world. Candace who Owens, her quite husband bright. owns Parlor. We're forgetting that detail. Of course, she's in his ear. Yes. Oh, yes. Use all your money to buy this. Yes. Just use all your like this is a mess. And it's, it's a mess. I just want like a, he he doesn't have a mom. He doesn't have you know, it's like he needs he needs someone. And Chris and I Kim tried that. for years and it's not their responsibility anymore. I know. Even though they have all of those children, they at do. some point you, you have to let go. You have to let go. You can't control everything this. to him. And it's just like almost. Yeah. I think about the Donda stuff. I watched the documentary on Netflix where you saw the closeness he had with mm-hmm. his mother. I think that was such a turning point in oh, his it changed psyche. It changed everything, everything when she died. Kanye's never been the same Mm-mm. since since Donda passed away from those complications from a surgery. surgery right. Yep. Um, it, it, it's, it's horrific to watch this and I, I, I for one I, I can't say that I'm done I still follow the stories but if the media stopped covering it I think I'd be happier I'd, I'd be happier if we just sort of let this story mm-hmm. rest for a little while because it's getting awkward and, and dangerous I think alright let's move on this is a this is a hot button for me and I think we probably have maybe different feelings but take us through what's going on with Meghan Markle okay Meghan Markle my girl she's Love chatting her. she's chatting again she got a podcast too sometimes when she talks <laughs> it does not end well why doesn't um, it sit well with me? We'll go into that. But we'll anyway. go with that. But um, she was talking about that she was famously a briefcase girl on Deal or No, or no Deal in the second season. Yeah. And she's going on our podcast, and here's what she had to say about it. I mean, you have to imagine, just to paint the picture for you, that before the tapings of the show, all the girls, we would line up, and there were different stations for having your lashes put on or your extensions put in or the padding in your bra. We were even given spray tan vouchers each week. Because there was a very cookie-cutter idea of precisely what we should look like. It was solely about beauty. And not necessarily about brains. I ended up quitting the show. Like I said, I was thankful for the job, but not for how it made me feel. Which was not smart. And by the way, I was surrounded by smart women on that stage with me. But that wasn't the focus of why we were there. And I would end up leaving with this pit in my stomach, knowing that I was so much more than what was being objectified on the stage. 
I didn't like feeling forced to be all looks and little substance. And that's how it felt for me at the time, being reduced to this specific archetype. Okay, so before we be- begin, go let's ahead. Keep I've got some. I've got some views. That Meghan Markle uh, graduated from Northwestern. Very bright. Um, then went and worked at the embassy in Argent in Argentina. Yes. So and um, she talks about that job feeling very fulfilling, yeah. feeling important, feeling valued for her brain. Certainly not a dum dum. No. Um, but she was in the entertainment industry, and this is a big part. You take what you can get. You audition for everything. This was a huge opportunity. It got her in the union. It got her insurance. She was on NBC. Yeah. Said she was grateful for the opportunity. Yes. Because it's a struggle, and she got into the union. Uh, first, I want to point out: Did you hear the production values on that podcast? Uh, it's got like a real energy music in the background, <laughs> and then her speaking very close, where you can hear the lips. Like, she it was a little ASMR. She gives a good podcast with her, with her like whispers. Anyway, so um, here's my problem with this. And you mentioned it. She was in the second season of Deal or No Deal. Deal or No Deal was a phenomenon. It was like American Idol when it first burst onto the scene. Everyone watched it. We knew exactly what it looked like. And everyone was sort of tuned in. And you had beautiful women holding briefcases saying nothing. That was in the first season. And it was also in the second season. So I don't like that there's any sort of feigning of surprise that this was the role. I, I think she's saying, I didn't like being reduced to this physical object and not literally not having a voice. The, the models rarely talked unless they were brought down with their briefcase. It, it, it was so obvious that this was going to be the role that for her to talk about how it, it reduced her to or objectified her in some way is sort of nonsense. She knew that but going that's... in. She may have felt uncomfortable when she actually did it, and maybe that's what she's saying. That is what she's saying. She didn't say that she was bamboozled into thinking she was going True. to have this part of substance. She said she didn't like how it made her feel. Yeah. And so you've never signed up for something or done something or gone to something and then been and in then the it moment, dawns on and you. you're yeah. like, this is not for me. Okay, so that's fine. And and she seems to have enjoyed the... the she said she studied international relations, did this job in Argentina, but then pursued a career in being a princess. But she was also... Which is not... Not a, no. a not a life of the mind either. She also was a theater major. She said that she studied True. acting at Northwestern. So she went and she went to try to get into the entertainment industry. Right. And then she was on suits for a while. But then and what now she's she she tried to be a princess. She didn't try to be a princess. She oh, fell in love. She fell in love. Just happened to be with a prince. Yes. How did that how did that I happen? Know, of let, all the let all me know if you know. <laughs> and her second husband, by the way. Okay. So she fell in love okay. before that. But anyway, uh, you know, it, there's just something to me. Off-putting you and insufferable. I don't know why. For it. I you I do. I search for it. <laughs> Thank this you is, for your honesty. This is very fair. I search for problems with her because she's the type of person who bothers me. She is very bright. I, I don't want this to be uh sort of mischaracterized as I hate her uh because she's she's a dummy. She's very bright. And that's almost what bothers me. She's sort of it has this didactic approach where she wants to explain how the world works to everyone. And the world works the way it works you don't to like all of us differently. To you. I don't like it. She Maybe I'm on the wrong end of mansplaining. Wow. Maybe that's right. These are turning into like you know therapy what? sessions for me, and I wanted to keep the focus on Megan. I would like you to smile more. <laughs> okay. Jeez, You're so pretty when you smile. I really should. I should show these pearly whites. Um, so I don't know. There's something about Megan that always rubs me a little bit the wrong way. What do you think about that, though? Now she's like... You know, Princess Diana also chafed against like sort of having to play this role where she was not. I think she felt sort of uh, yeah. silenced a little bit by the royal family. Now she's leaning into this new life I, where you don't get a big voice okay, either. So what I what I feel about Meghan Markle and I love her and I think she's a style icon and I think she's a wonderful philanthropist. Yeah, um, I does think, a lot of good. I, will I think that. that just because you have a thought, it doesn't mean you need to always say it out loud. 
I think on that note, wow, I you never know? follow that in my life. Though. <laughs> when I have a thought, I'm like, everyone needs to hear this immediately. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to say it immediately. And I think you and Meghan Markle are more similar than maybe you realize. <laughs> this is you're tiny. looking in the mirror and you're not happy. I don't like what I see, Jamie. <laughs> I just don't like what I see. All right. That'll do it for us. We've done enough psychoanalyzing of my personality. Uh-huh. Uh, thanks for coming. This is always fun. Yeah. 